This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. And a pleasant good evening. I hope everybody's doing great. Hope everybody had a great weekend. And this is the Authors Showcase. We are in our fifth season. We've been on Blog Talk Radio for sporadically for about four years. And, you know, we had a lot of sporadic episodes um, since 2017. But we are back here and we have uh, uh, a new platform. We're going to be on, we're recording on Zoom. And it's going to be played back on uh, several different platforms like Facebook, YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, the, the whole nine yards. And so we're making this thing real big. Uh, this is one of five podcasts that we have right now. And they're mostly going to be on weekends uh, for now until we you know, get things up and running with our uh, terrestrial radio station. But for now, we are here with uh, our first guest for the new season. And it's uh, Alyssa... Uh, got your last name already. Couture. Uh, Couture. Couture, yes. Yes, uh, she is the first author uh, to be showcased on fifth season. And her book is called Healthy Fashion. Uh, that is the name of her book. So uh, for starters, um, please tell everybody who you are. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Keith. Um, I wrote a book called Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths, and here it is. It is uh, published by John Hunt Publishing. It was uh, published a few months ago, and uh, it's the UK publisher. Uh, John Hunt Publishing is based in UK, but they're also based in the United States. And they're a um, large publisher that published my book under their imprint on eBooks. So you can actually purchase this book internationally. And I wrote this book specifically for fashion consumers as well as fashion professionals. So the book isn't just tailored for the fashion industry. It's tailored for everyone who is interested in fashion and anyone who wants to get involved in making their wardrobe healthier. And what I mean by healthier is I'm taking a approach of fashion that is for the mind, body, and spirit. And I hope you are interested in <laughs> metaphysics and alternative health, which I am sure you are. Are you, Keith? Uh, I'm not familiar with the first one. That's fine. Yeah. So like- For listeners and viewers, um, you might want to explain what that is, uh, just yes. for the record. Absolutely. Um, I have uh, studied and researched metaphysics, and basically metaphysics involves um, some more of the holistic alternative approach to um, the world. So I would mention... Um, fashion and the energy body. I talk about fashion for the aura 
and I talk a little bit about how our energy and aura is affected with, from fashion. So that's just one specific element. But I have a more of a multi-dimensional approach to fashion. So it doesn't just pertain to metaphysics. It pertains to fashion as an alternative health treatment, how we can use fashion as a therapy, just like we use uh, food as a therapy. We take in uh, specific foods for healing or we uh, use uh, physical therapy, uh, certain stretches and yoga movements. We can also uh, choose the fashion industry as a holistic healing arts and as a way to connect with our wardrobe and make our wardrobe work for us. So it's not just about putting on clothes and we already do this. <laughs> everybody, everybody already dresses in a therapeutic, healthy way. It's just a matter of our approach uh, with marketing and what is in the uh, mainstream local markets is not completely tailored for uh, the garments that are specifically for health and well-being. And for those who know or who do not know, there is a large trend right now happening called the health and wellness trend sector within the fashion industry. And due to coronavirus, a lot of our apparel has uh, sort of shifted. Uh, we're more interested in active wear and yoga apparel and uh, more um, garments that are movement based and garments that are comfortable. And so with that being said, uh, through our shift and transition from mainstream fashion to uh, eco-sustainable fashion, we're actually heading into the direction of fashion for health and wellness. And I don't know if you have seen um, some of the garment sections within like, say, a whole foods, natural food store, you see that they carry organic dyes, fabrics, and organic garments. And some of the more local eco-fashion uh, brands, they also carry garments that are pH balanced, plant-based, um, good for our skin. And so I talk a little bit about fashion for our physical body, mental body, emotional body, spiritual body, energetic body. And I don't mean to, to throw in so many different um, elements of it to you, but basically uh, I'm trying to create um, an educational platform for people that uh, are interested in perceiving fashion in an enlightened way. Uh, yeah, this this is a uh, very unique. I, I never heard of anything, you know, like this before, and it's uh, definitely not being talked about in mainstream media. Why why you think uh, this is not getting enough attention on mainstream media? Well, that's a really good question, and I believe there is some level of mind control and. A brainwashing that has kept us um, sort of 
not fully aware of the health aspects of fashion. And I grew up um, wearing clothes that were very uncomfortable. And I actually was inspired to write this book because I spent a lot of time fussing around with my wardrobe. And you'll find, uh, for example, in the business and workwear, industry. Lots of people are wearing restricting business suits and ties and uh, sets, skirt sets with business uh, woven jackets that are very stiff and restricting. So that's just one example of what we're dealing with here is we're dealing with um, a sort of a hierarchical based platform of, of different types of clothing that may not be beneficial for us completely. And I do believe that too, we're just kind of transitioning and becoming more of an enlightened planet. I don't believe there's uh, enough advanced methods and advanced technologies on the planet right now. And, you know, day by day and moment by moment, we're always kind of transitioning and finding these new inventions and new ways of approaching um, different types of industries. For example, uh, cars are, are now solar or electric. And, you know, just a few years ago, there was no such thing as electric and solar cars. So when we are able to um, uh, improve our fashion industry and not just improve our fashion for the environment, but our fashion for um, our the human body, I think that's when um, things in advanced um, technologies are really gonna be put into place. But as you uh, had said, I do believe that um, there has been a level of just uh, low vibration and uh, lots of pollution and lots of corruption on the planet. And we sort of just need to rise above. And, uh, you know, some, some of the, our fibers are just not doing well for us in fabric fashions. Oh, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah. So when when you talk about uh, you know the clothes that we wear, that are uncomfortable for us, uh, does that have to do with the type of garments that these clothes are made out out, out of? Yes. So before um, in the 1800s, we were wearing hemp fabrics and um, some cotton and linen and plant-based fabrics. They're pH balanced fabrics. They're very good for our body and skin to wear. And in the 1930s, the industrial industry created plastic fabrics, uh, fabrics made from polyester, rayon, ace tape, acrylic. And all of these plastic fabrics are non-biodegradable for one. So they're being uh, left in the landfills. And when they biodegrade over time, they create a toxic poison in the air. So that is one example why plastics are not that good for the environment. And if they're not good for the environment, they're most essentially not good for the body. And there are studies being shown that plastics are being found within our bloodstream and plastics are being found within our feces. So we are ingesting uh, not just plastic bottles or different types of plastics within the environment. We could be ingesting the very fibers that we're wearing uh, specifically because of specific fabrics. Um, not all polyester fabrics 
are extremely harmful and negative. Uh, there's a lot of low impact uh, polyesters. So I don't want to scare people and, and tell people that polyester is awful. Uh, it's kept us surviving and being warm is more important than, you know, wearing a bunch of thin uh, plant-based fabrics that don't keep us comfortable. But technology and advancements are occurring where in the future a more plant-based wardrobe with a variety of different plants are going to come into fruition. And in the book, I demonstrated 36 different types of plants from around the world that can be put and are already being tested and designed and produced um, as uh, plant-based alternative fibers. And in history, in South America, 550 different types of plants were used for textiles alone. And we're only using a handful right now. So if, we are, if the textile industry improves the variation of uh, the different types of plants for fashion, then plant-based apparel can come into fruition and help us and help the environment as well. It's funny that you, you mentioned something about, you know, when we have a lot of plastics in the, you know, landfill, it gets all this, you know, gas. I think it's called, uh, I think it's called methane, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. You know, that, that, you know, you know, methane. I, I read an article somewhere, I think it was uh, uh, NPR, you know, that was talking about that and how over, you know, over time, the, you know, the plastic that's in the landfills eventually give all this, you know, this toxic gas, you know, that's, you know, in the air, if you're around it uh, too often, uh, it can cause some health problems. Um, I, I just thought I, you know, mentioned that uh, because, you know, you brought that up, that kind of reminds me, you know, of that article. Now, uh, so you mentioned something about some alternative fabrics, you know, that, you know, that can be used to, you know, uh, you know, create garments. Um, can you expound on that a little bit? Absolutely. And before I switch the topic, I will uh, tell you, um, reply to you based on the fumes and the methane that are occurring in the landfills from the polyester. It also happens when you put your clothes in the dryer. A lot of these laundromats are having issues with the fumes coming out of the laundromat from these fibers as well. And two, some of these toxins can seep into the skin um, when we wear them. So wearing low impact uh, fibers and dyes would be essential. And moving on to your next question, um, cosmetic fabrics is a really important innovation for the future of fashion and the future of everyone's wardrobe. And one example of a cosmetic fabric is a tensile fabric infused with zinc powder and seaweed powder. The seaweed powder is infused as a fabric treatment on the fabric. So the cosmetic fabric industry is producing fabrics with specific botanical, herbal, and medicinal treatments 
on the fabric so that it can be administered through the skin. And we can also use our own hypoallergenic laundry detergents and hypoallergenic um, sheets, dryer sheets uh, that have essential oils that those can also be administered on the fabric and then can help our skin in our inside of our body because lots of times it can be infused within our pores and go into their bloodstream. So cosmetic fabrics is a really important way of advancing our fabric technology. And another example would be Earth Pudics is a brand. They have developed a line of gloves and socks and they have infused aloe vera gel into the socks and the gloves and it's sort of like a spa treatment and this is actually going to be a therapeutic way of wearing fabrics for our bodies and just to give you a, a simple example of some amazing luxurious eco luxurious uh, medicinal fabrics that are out there there is aloe vera cellulose fabric. We have a pineapple leaf fabric. There is hemp fabric. Uh, there's also um, fabric made out of uh, mushrooms. There's uh, all kinds of fabric innovations that we can tap into in order to benefit our wardrobe. And right now, you'd have to do a bit of research in regards to finding out where these fabrics are being produced and what brands are producing these fashions. And I would like to eventually produce a document to help um, people shop. But in general, um, the health and wellness sector in fashion, like you had said, is not quite known. It's not quite popular. But the thing is, the future of this planet is all about feeling well, feeling healthy. So when more and more fashion brands are introducing these different types of fabrics and cosmetic fabrics, cosmetic fabrics, fabrics made with herbal dyes, for instance, uh, like turmeric and neem and indigo, um, the samurai warriors would dye their undergarments with indigo dye. And they used the indigo dye to treat their wounds during the battle. And the indigo dye actually did help uh, treat them. So, uh, but cosmetic fabrics, uh, as to your question, cosmetic fabrics and um, the different myriad types of plants from around the world are definitely going to be the future of fashion. No, the, the companies that are, you know, producing this type of, you know, a fabric. Um, you, you, I think you mentioned something that was plant-based. Do, do they grow their own plants or do they get it from a third party? Both. Um, some, some of the more smaller um, end companies, like the artisan companies, they will make their own fabrics but most of the larger companies um, will contact a textile manufacturer and they'll buy the fabrics from the textile manu 
manufacturer and then produce the fashions uh, and have a partnership between the textile manufacturer and the brand. So it really does take the entire industry and especially the consumer because whatever we do to participate in regards to shopping for garments, whether that be shopping recycled thrift, um, renting our garments or purchasing our garments, uh, we are actually involved um, quite considerably. Uh Wow, I mean, this this is is going to, and, and you said that this is eco friendly. Oh yeah, um, yes. Uh, most of the information that I give out is all about fashion for human health, but also fashion for environmental health. And I make sure that most of the information that I present is going to help our ecosystem. And naturally speaking, because we are taking the petroleum oil out of the earth and using it to produce our fabrics, we're sort of like uh, taking out the blood of the earth. That's in, in a symbolic way. We're, we're stealing the blood, of the, uh, the blood of the earth, the oil, the, the non-biodegradable oil. And what we, we really want is we want the plant life on the planet to flourish. And when we have the plant life flourishing, we will have a healthier ecosystem. And this will include choosing to produce fashions within the different climates in different parts and places of the world. So we can tap into the desert lands and we can build cactus farms, which this is a beginning already. I'm just relaying the information. I am a speaker, but this is a still uh, in very um, small, slow uh, processing, but we're moving quickly, uh, this evolution here. But the, the cactus plants would be a great, uh, and is a great opportunity to use the desert plants and also uh, choosing to use wild invasive weeds uh, in North America, we have the cattail. The cattail is a wild invasive weed that glows, excuse me, grows in the marshes. And the cattail has a nice fluff in it that is a perfect uh, way to use insulation, to insulate uh, garments, mittens, gloves, outerwear. And so there's also uh, these wild invasive weeds that we can use to cultivate and produce into textiles. For instance, in Japan, they have the kudzu root. Uh, the kudzu tree, the kudzu vine weed is very invasive and wild, and they could be trimming and cutting this back down and producing into textiles. As well, I will give you one more um, interesting example of choosing to uh, use a wild uh, variation uh, of plants for textiles is the ocean. We have the uh, seaweeds that we can use and are already being experimentally done and produced in small quantities, seaweed textile dyes. And also in the works is a seaweed fiber, seaweed cellulose fiber for a fashion fabric. And we could be producing uh, seaweed farms within the ocean and choosing to use the ocean, which is 90% untapped 
as a way to cultivate, produce more and more fashion fabrics. And the good news is all of these fibers are burnable and they will not uh, tox toxicate the environment and they will not poison us. We can burn our own garments in the backyard if we want <laughs> and there won't be any problems. Uh, with with the, the current, uh, you know, fibers, you know, that clothes are being made now, are, are there any health problems associated with that? Yes. Um, I've done a considerable amount of scientific research and I'm not going to put any claims out there, but from the science that I have read, uh, many garments are posing uh, a risk to be carcinogenic and carcinogenic is toxic. And I don't know if you have seen, but when I went into the markets, I saw little labels on a pair of sandals and a pair of sunglasses and it said, wear at your own risk. And I've, I've photographed these labels. The, the labels will, be, will say, wear at your own risk. The materials used in these sandals or sunglasses may cause infertility or cancer. So they're telling us right in front of our face <laughs> on the labels, that some of the ingredients and treatments they are being that are that they are using in these fabrics are harmful to health, and they are not all approved by the FDA. There's about eight thousand different types of chemicals being put into the fabrics through fabric treatments and fabric processing, and eight thousand of these chemicals many of them are harsh. Many of them may be carcinogenic. And in general, I have found that these fabrics have a more acidic quality. And what we choose to want to wear is a more pH balanced fabric, a pH balanced fabric that um, is breathable. And studies have found that because of the lack of breathability of these polyester fabrics, um, it's choosing to lock in the sweat and um, there's a lack of breathability. They're hydrophobic, polyester is hydrophobic. And that what that means is it, the fabrics do not absorb the moisture. They're very dry and they keep the sweat locked into the skin. And what we want to wear is purifying fabrics that allow the body to sweat and breathe and move the sweat off the body. And the good news is plant-based fabrics is a carrier of water. And we really like water-based fabrics because we are made up of primarily water. So with that being said, um, due to the lack of breathability of synthetic fabrics, due to the host of chemicals being administered through the dyes and the fabrics and uh, textile treatments, and from our scientific research that I've found, the polyester fibers, uh, more and more these days, you're also going to find that we may be ingesting these plastics and 
we don't have enough information to find out whether these plastic materials should be ingested. And one more thing I'd like to add is the nanotechnology fabrics. Um, there's a whole host of new fabric treatments using nanotechnology. So they're creating chemicals and ingredients down to the nanomolecular structure. And at that size, you can imagine that these nanomaterials could be administered through the pores of our skin because as soon as we sweat, our pores are open and whether or not we sweat or not, these nano um, sized chemical treatments on fabrics could definitely um, be a risk factor. And uh, that is also something I've dress addressed in the book and it's not common. You, you don't really even hear about nanotechnology, but you know, with all these sunscreen fabrics or all of these um, uh, fire retardant fabric treatments, Teflon, they are dabbling into nanotechnology uh, with fabric. And like I said, this may also not be that great for the environment because these nanotechnology uh, treatments can fly into the environment and into the air. So we could also be uh, breathing in the nanotech treatment uh, ingredients from the treatments as well. Uh, can you, can you uh, if you can, uh, can you give me some examples of what type of, you know, health problems uh, that can uh, occur as a result of these uh, uh, fabrics that you mentioned? Yes. Well, um, I'm not making any claims, but I have read that there's uh, skin rashes and eczema issues, uh, issues with the skin, lots of rashes and itching and irritation with the skin, uh, for one. And then as well, um, the lack of breathability, that's why I always suggest if you do wear polyester, try to wear them as third layers and try to wear them quite loose or as loose as possible. Um, and I'm not suggesting that they're going to kill us, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that at all, but I'm saying that there are definitely risk factors and the types of treatments are probably the most um, to be alarmed with. But I would say the skin issues also, it, it does potentially stress the heart because when you have the lack of breathability, it doesn't matter what science teaches you, the skin breathes, the body breathes. It's not, you're not just breathing through the mouth. So when we are wearing lots of tight polyester garments, it could be restricting the breathability of the skin, which could be causing um, issues internally. So um, basically what I have also addressed too is tactility issues. Um, people are finding that many of the fabrics are irritating them. Uh, and this isn't just a, a, in regards to fabrics, but the types of silhouettes that we wear, the, the types of shapes and seam lines that are on the garment, you know, a scratchy, itchy label. Uh, these could look like they're not a big deal, but they definitely create an unproductive day when we're constantly 
pulling and tucking and itching and scratching our garment all day long. And it happens to everybody. Um, it's, it's not just um, uh, something that happens to certain people. Everybody experiences it. It's just a part of life. But the more and more fine-tuned we are with our wardrobe, the more we're going to find that all these irritants that we have with our garment could be solved through the types of garments that we choose and through the types of fabrics that we choose and whatnot. But also, um, back to what you had said with um, the some of the negative ailments that could be occurring with the fabrics. Uh, synthetic fabrics also produce a bacteria that tends to come from sweat. So there's been a study that has shown that when you are sweating in a garment, that's polyester, there uh, is a typical odor that occurs. Uh, and it happens typically when you wear polyester. So this bacteria can um, spread from the sweat from the polyester, excuse me, from the sweat of the body and the polyester combination. And this type of bacteria is typical um, in combination of wearing synthetics on top of the human body. It's not often found when you wear plant-based fabrics. So with that being said, there is um, different types of um, things that can occur, uh, reactions, negative reactions. And most importantly, uh, I find too that a lot of synthetic fabrics are generally uncomfortable. Some are comfortable, uh, like rain jackets and whatnot. That's why uh, a nice replacement with um, say hiking apparel or, or ski apparel or active apparel would be bioplastics. And that's bio-based plastic um, fashion. So, you know, what are we going to do if we need to have to imitate those rain jackets? Where are we going to come up with it? Well, it, bio-based materials would be our next step in evolution. And it's already occurring. The textile industry is happening. It's an, it's an incredibly inspiring and amazing thing that's occurring <laughs> right now. And it's just not in the mainstream. We're, we're not all aware of it. But that's why I wrote this book, Healthy Fashion, is to give people a piece of information, um, a reference and guide in order to how, in order to elevate our, our wardrobe uh, from within. Uh, has, has there been any in, investigations, uh, you know, in regards to some of the things that you've been uh, talking about? Yes, there has. Uh, there's a company right now who's working with the government trying to create rules and regulations in regards to the types of chemical dyes in things that are occurring on this planet. And I know that you're very political. You, you have a very um, logical political uh, type of you know, platform. So I know that your question would be something that I would like to ask in detail, but I, uh, I will give you one example. Uh, there's a 
documentary called Stinks. And he created this whole documentary on the types of chemicals that are being used in cleaners as well. He started the entire documentary on one of his children's PJ pants that had flame retardant uh, treatment all over the fabric. And there was a label that had all these different um, types of uh, ingredients or whatnot. And he wanted to start an investigation in order to try to prove that we're, we're giving all of these uh, types of solutions that may be toxic and harsh for us, including the garments and treatments that are being used on the fabrics. But in, sort, in regards to uh, regulations and government placement uh, through fashion, a lot of uh, labeling is being um, administered in order to create a safer textile industry. I'm not going to you know, list off specific names and um, things like that. But there's also companies that are starting uh, grassroots campaigns in order to show the government that uh, the rules and regulations in regards to how things are being produced within the textile and fabric and fashion industry is very important and needs to be um, elevated in, in so many ways. Uh, like, what about if you like, uh, you know, wash your clothes? You know, you know, for example, um, you know, you know, I'm hearing that, you know, some detergents, you know, can, uh, you know, make things worse. Um, there, there's a, a people that people that are sensitive to only certain garments, but when you, you know, wash them, um, it kind of makes things worse. So, can you uh, elaborate on the the the, the correlation between the two? Yes, I had uh, put together a laundry care section in my book that includes healthy laundry detergents. And uh, I talked a little bit about non-toxic, I mean, excuse me, toxic laundry detergents. Uh, the famous brand All laundry detergent was made and produced back in the 30s by Monsanto. And we all know Monsanto created the genetically modified seed of cotton, uh, they created genetically uh, modified foods, and they contributed to the synthetic fabric industry, um, specific synthetic fabrics they did produce in the 30s and 40s and, and uh, so on. So this can give us a little identification of why synthetic detergents are not perfect for us. And I, like I said, I'm not making any claims that Monsanto is bad, but we can, with enough evidence, we know that genetically modified uh, seeds are not helping the planet. Our GMO cotton is uh, sort of corrupt at this point, and our GMO foods are very corrupt. So synthetic detergents, you have to be aware of that there is a whole host of chemicals in synthetic detergents. And uh, it also creates a film, a greasy film on the fiber. And you want to be aware of that because these laundry detergents can easily be spread into the skin and cause some form of ailment uh, and harsher, more gentle levels. So I would definitely suggest choosing a hypoallergenic detergent and 
uh, reason being, you can just smell the detergent of the synthetics and it, it not being completely pure. And when you go into a store and smell sort of like aromatherapies, like essential oils, the vibration and frequency of those natural ingredients are pleasant and pleasing. So, um, like I said, I, I do believe that laundry detergent is a big important element of how we can elevate our fashion in an easy way to administer um, nice um, therapeutic herbs and botanicals. So for instance, I choose a hypoallergenic detergent uh, just from your local grocery store and they use essential oils, natural essential oils in the laundry detergent for a natural scent versus the unnatural synthetic scents. Uh, so uh, can you tell uh, the audience uh, what are the benefits of plant-based fibers and plant-based apparel? The, the benefits of the plant-based fibers and plant-based apparel? Yes. Yes. Yes, of course. So we're dealing with um, the holistic level of plants being crystalline on the cellular structural level, cellulose is crystalline. And if you've ever taken a crystal, you know that a crystal amplifies energy. A crystal also can transmute and absorb energy. So when we wear the, the plant-based garments, it's choosing to be crystalline in nature. So when we are amplifying our energy throughout the day, our negative emotions or even positive emotions, be, the residual emotions can be absorbed through the fabrics. That's why when we go to the laundromat <laughs> or we go to our do our laundry, we feel this, this like icky feeling on our clothes and it's not, it's not debris or lint or, or dirt. It's actually the energies, the residual energies of our day going through our day that needs to be washed and cleared and cleansed. So I definitely suggest uh, wearing plant-based fibers specifically because of its crystalline structure. And also, as I had mentioned too, they're more water-based, they're hydrophilic. So they, they fill up with water more easily. And this actually creates a cooling effect for the body. It, it's more uh, temperature regulative when you wear pH fabrics. And there's a lot that we have to catch up with. The entire active aware industry is really heavily endorsing polyester because it looks so tech and advanced. But what we really have to do is create plant-based fabrics and make them plant tech. And I use this term specifically to introduce a new perspective on plant-based fabrics because sometimes people will say, oh, you're wearing linen, you know, you're hippie, you're bohemian. But the thing is, plant-based fabrics with the correct technology can be super advanced, can be super futuristic and super modern. So I will suggest that plant-based fabrics, the, the breathability is actually the number one. When you wear plant-based fabrics, it allows the skin to breathe, um, more than any other type of material. So um, the breathability, the crystalline structure, um, the spiritual essence of wearing a plant, 
fossil fuels in comparison and petroleum oil, those types of ingredients are really like broken down dead bones and carcasses. That's what a fossil fuel is. So it's very dense. It's very like acidic and the vibration and energy is different. Uh, in India, there is an institute in India and they explain the difference between polyester and plant-based fabric. And they call polyester fabric as tamasic, which means toxic. And they say cotton is sattvic, pure, a pure uh, frequency. Um, so these different energy frequencies is what we're kind of dealing with. We're dealing with the free, and I, and I, like I said, I'm an extremely uh, high a spokesperson for plant-based fabrics, but I'm not dissing polyester and synthetic. I have a polyester coat. I know that we're living on this <laughs> earth and we don't have all the options available right now, especially for people who live in colder climates. There's not a lot of plant-based 100% outerwear apparel. So we have to do, make do with what we have at this point. But I am suggesting that choosing to wear uh, plant-based as your first level garments, your undergarments and your um, first layer garments, excuse me, is would be essential for health and wellness. So did I miss anything? Is, was there another question that you had about the fabrics? Uh, so what, what uh, in, in terms of pricing, you know, in, in, in terms of pricing, so how does that, you know, affect, you know, pricing, you know, we know that there are certain, uh, you know, fashions, you know, that are out there that, that are affordable and, and of course they're made of, you know, polyester, nylon, rayon and uh, synthetic you know, materials, but then you also have those, you know, they're like really expensive and um, they are, you know, they're heavily endorsed by celebrities, you know, and they're very high price. Uh, so can you kind of give an overview of, you know, uh, what does a plant-based uh, apparel, what you know, what cause? Just you know, just an overall overview of that. Yes. So, um, in order to achieve a hundred percent organic plant-based wardrobe, would be really hard and challenging for anyone with a you know a lower budget. If you know you're rather wealthy and you want to ditch all your clothes and buy all organic clothing you can but not everybody can and i i approach the fashion consumer in a way where it is possible if we take different types of steps one would be creating a zen minimal wardrobe uh, choosing to wear less items that are higher quality another option would be going to the thrift stores and finding uh, gently used garments that look new but have been worn and they're at a lower price and you can imagine going into uh, most any store it's very challenging to find cotton linen hemp bamboo rami it's really hard so shopping online would also be an option and 
you know, there's a whole host and opportunity to shop online, but not everybody wants to. A lot of people like to try clothes on and we are being sort of intimidated to buy those higher end ready to wear clothes that celebrities are, uh, you know, kind of influencing people to buy. And at some points, I think that designer fashion is very inspiring and people should have the opportunity and option to purchase it because of the quality, because of the creativity behind it and the level of inspiration of design clothes, designer wear clothes. But again, we have to be practical here. So, you know, am I, am I wearing GMO cotton? Potentially. But is it breathable? Is it plant-based? Yes. You could you could wear um, you could go into Target. You could go into TJ Maxx. Um, if you don't know those stores, you go into your local retailer, your local retailer chain retailer. You could go to the mall, and you'll find that there's always a little bit of plant-based fashion available. It could be blended with you know polyester and synthetics, which is better than 100% synthetic, but there's always a little bit of cotton and linen and some hemp and bamboo that is possible. And I would say choose to uh, wear clothes that resonate with you. And if you don't want to shop online, just go, just go hunt for it. Hunt for those uh, fewer items. You don't have to build a huge wardrobe, but yes, you would mention something, Keith, you know, um, why do all of the, you know, celebrities, they get to wear all these fancy clothes that look amazing. And that's where I think that the eco luxury uh, levels in the industry have to balance out, you know, bringing ready to wear down into the contemporary level into the mass level so that we can appreciate and have the opportunity to wear high taste level clothing in a at a cheaper budget that's yeah, something uh, yeah that that right there really concerns me because uh and another analogy is that you know right now you got uh you have high food prices for example and it's expensive to eat healthy you know, and so people, you know, they go to the family dollars and the dollar generals uh, and the save a lots and uh, uh, these lower end, uh, you know, retailers and grocery stores, you know, to find the best bargains because uh, food is so expensive that it's like really impossible, nearly impossible, you know, to eat healthy. So would you say that, you know, in terms of, you know, fashion and your health, that is expensive to uh, to dress healthy, as, as you may call it? Uh, yes, quite, uh, yes, yes and no. Uh, because 90% of fast fashion is synthetic fabrics. So everyone who's going to the local chains or, you know, Zara Forever 21, all of those uh, really large fashion markets with really cool fashion most of it's made out of polyester M most everybody's growing up on polyester and a lot of people are wearing it because they have to and they're forced so this has to be sort of changed um 
in in different ways and and i think we're going to find that it's not going to be um it's going to it's going to unfold naturally it's going to happen it's just there's going to be different ways and elements of how it's going to occur and being able to sort of influence the ready to wear industry into producing plant-based fashion that's going to be one way because most ready to wear designer clothing is not even made out of plant-based fabrics they're using cheap polyester synthetic fabrics too you can buy an, you can buy marking up the and then they marking up the price and yeah. you know and it's like real expensive yes <laughs> i yes, mean I, I, I don't get that part though that's well, that's another conversation for another day i guess yeah i mean it's yeah definitely and you know you bring up some really important points and they're actually quite challenging to um sort of tackle because these are these are really um tough questions that we all kind of have to consider but part of it is the hierarchy of fashion. If the ready-to-wear designers that produce the uh, multiple seasonal collections per year in New York, Milan, Paris, Las Vegas, um, LA, uh, Tokyo, all of these uh, large fashion shows that are influencing the contemporary the influencing the mass level market if they're if they're designing and creating all polyester fashions mass level and contemporary level fashion the for the modern man the modern uh mainstream man is not going to be able to see those types of garments in, in the collections but the good news is there are a lot of brands creating capsule collections. These are mini, cap, mini collections within a larger collection. And within the capsule collection, they're creating a line of sustainable fashions made out of sustainable materials. And many of them are being produced in plant-based fashions. So the sustainable industry is getting it. We have to be circular. We have to be plant-based. We have to uh, solve the issue of the pollution on the, in the industry and solve the uh, issue of uh, the disease on this planet. And, and part of it is, is definitely the types of fashions and the types of materials that we're wearing. Okay, so we're, we're coming to the close of, of this broadcast. So what I would like to do now is do you know, what I call a, uh, a fast round interview. I'm going to ask you, you know, a series of questions and, you know, you just be brief. So the first question would be, uh, do you feel that you have a significant role, if any, you know, in promoting and advocating for um, healthier fashion and plant-based apparel? Absolutely. I have... I, I consider myself a leader in, in the field, and I've been on over 60 podcasts this past year promoting healthy fashion. And as a, a leader in the field, I, I want to help support all the thousands and millions of fashion brands out there. And, and I am just the piece of the puzzle, but I'm definitely doing my part. What, what advice will you give to someone who you know, want to, you know, change out their wardrobe from uh, their traditional wardrobe to, 
uh, a plant-based wardrobe? I would definitely um, focus on minimal and focus on less is more uh, in quantity. Focus on pieces that are ergonomically designed, that clothes and pieces that you want to wear and create a connection and a relationship with. Clothes that you can wear on a daily basis and some uh, designers will wear the same garment every single day. And it's not just a uniform. It's because they're creating that special connection relationship with the outfit. Well, we see a, an investigation in mainstream media on the, on the dangers of, of wearing traditional garments. Oh, most definitely. And I believe it's already happening. And I believe the matter research, I could, I could find investigations already occurring, but at this point, um, it's, you know, it's a matter of research. There's 7 billion people out there. There's so many um, outlets out there. So it is out there, it is happening. But in the mainstream, uh, yes, I think more and more is going to be incurring and happening, more investigations in regards to the fibers and toxins. Mm -hmm. Keith? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, my last question is, um, if someone wanted to contact you, how would they be able to reach you? Oh, great. I'd be happy to have you contact me um, over at my website, www.h as in healthy, f as in fashion, campaign.com. And that is my website and you can uh, click the contact tab and also check out my social media icons in the top and footer of my website. And how can, you know, someone purchase your book? You can go online and you can purchase it on uh, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, any local major bookstore that is nearby you internationally and nationally uh, you can find and order it uh well thank you so much Alyssa, for uh being on the program today i know there was a lot of you know tough questions that's just the kind of person that you know that i am i ask the tough questions that's uh, awesome. sometimes i do put people you know on the spot um and you know, so, you know, that's how things work here because we want people uh, to get uh, the most valuable and vital information possible. And most importantly, uh, this show is all about accountability and transparency. Um, so it's kind of more than political. Um, transparency is a big thing for me. You know, and I want to make sure that the, the, the things that people are seeing, you know, and putting out there that they're being, you know, transparent. So uh, that's how things work here. And because we want people to, you know, we want to create, you know, this narrative of honesty, and accuracy and transparency so that people would be more informed of what's going on in different areas of society. That's great. Uh, I'm that, happy. That's why. Great. That's why we're. That's why we're here. Amazing. You're doing amazing work. Thank you so much. And that will conclude this episode of the Arthur Showcase. Now we're not going to have a, a show next Saturday uh, due to the Independence Day 
holiday. So, you know, we'll be shut down <laughs> next weekend, uh, but we will return on July the 9th. We got another great author that's coming on, uh, on here. Um, I hope that you'll be able to uh, uh, tune into this recording. Again, it's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, 2.30 p.m. Uh, Central time for the author showcase. I'm Keith Williams, your host. Thank you so much for being part of the program and we'll see you two weeks from today. And everybody, as always, have a great weekend and we'll see you next time. The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.